Hello, and welcome to This is Calvary, a place to find encouragement, camaraderie, and practical steps for spiritual engagement. You're listening to our series, Stories of Calvary, where we are slowly uncovering a treasure trove of life experience and testimonies within our own congregation. We're putting a spotlight on the stories of those you sit next to in the pew, but may not have had the opportunity to get to know on this level. So though we're doing it out of order, we want to be able to get to know each other better, even though we're not physically together. This week, we're in the middle of Cheryl Green's story. If you missed it, I encourage you to go back and hear part one. She shares of growing up on the west side of Chicago, her early adult life, first meeting God, and feeling the pull of a double life as she's finding herself in early leadership in a church and simultaneously having a tumultuous relationship at home. I first met Cheryl as we worked together on the maintenance team about a year or so ago. You may know Cheryl as she helps get ready for events, or if you were involved in 931 basketball, she was heavily involved as a parent as well as a ref when her son Jonathan played. And Johnny said last week that he was probably our best point guard to date. Damaris is her daughter, about two years younger than Jonathan, and she also joined the maintenance team last year. So this week we're picking up with the question, how did you first come to Calvary? Listen in. Well, we actually started at the vineyard because the lady that came to the office, just a little piece in there, was at was Pastor Fredrickson, Ed Fredrickson at the vineyard. And I'm like, once again, it's this leadership. You know, I'm not saying that the laymen aren't there, but it's always, you know, God sends the heavy, heavy, heavy guns to come and get me. I'm like, what? You know, they came to my house. Mm. They came to my house. I'm like, we're praying and I went to their house and then I fellowshiped at the vineyard. And that's when I understood the love of God. Because I grew up again in that whole Baptist Pentecostal with stumping feet and, you know, but to understand the, the love of God and the grace of God and, and the mercy of God and worshiping in a different way, that came in the vineyard. And when that pastor left, um, we came to Calvary because someone said, you know, if you thought about Calvary, and it was around the corner, say, close proximity. Um, and then we came here. And at that time, Jonathan was really struggling in high school. Um, and I remembered he met and, and joined with 931. Um, I, I believe that that brought me in more than I was. Because I wasn't, I was just, I was somewhere still, I haven't gotten the answer of what you want me to do yet, Lord. I just know you've saved my life. You didn't let me die. You know, you got you know, a lot of crap out. Still haven't healed my relationship with my mom yet. Didn't go back to that because that's occurring now. But you've saved my life. You, you told me I was supposed to be a mother. You gave me my children back. Um, so what's this chapter now? What's, what's this chapter? Um, and it was laboring with the, the children because Jonathan was so broken and so torn. And when he had gotten here, he was embraced. He was accepted. So that brought me in. Amos was just, she was, a, I remember one day we were in the, in the, the coffee, coffee room and there was, um, I, I don't see them here, but I believe it was on the maintenance team as well. He had fiery red hair and the little girl had really, really red hair. She's a tiny little thing. And 
one day she was running to the door and he was no no ah 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 and she and there was the game and she'd run to the door and he said ah 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 and and and, and I remember the wife they had like four or five children I forgot their name but Darren was with tears in her eyes and she says I have no memories did my dad ever do that and I just remembered like Lord mm. my my mission at that point was for my children to heal it was like sidebar on me. Let my children heal, whatever that takes. And it was just, and, and I had no idea. I don't believe that you all know how much just your input and your influence of accepting them as they are because they, they were, we were walking around just wounded people. And, and uh, there were times in a coffee room where someone would put a, a hand on my shoulder and, and I knew they knew. Sometimes, and I remember once at the Thanksgiving, and I know I'm fast forwarding, I, I, I remember sharing, you all are my brothers and sisters. We may not speak all the time, but you're my brothers and sisters. And, and God brings the people that he's supposed to bring on that journey. He knows who to connect with you at the time and to give you what you need. If you're a believer, I, and I believe that, it's, it's amazing the connections. It's amazing the encouragement. Um, so when we had come here, that all happened here. All of that, if you want to say dysfunction and healing and things that were still disarray, um, were still going on. But we would still press to come through and try to find our place. Um, my mom is now, and being an only child, is struggling with um, dementia. I don't know if that's a curse. I don't know if that's a chromosome. I don't know what that is, but her mom had it. Her sister had it. Um, I am not going to say that's going to happen. Um, I am a cancer survivor. My mom had it. Her sister had it. You know, it was a constant, you know, to get to this point now, I speak to my mom. I try to speak to my mom. I would say now everything in the kitchen sink is being thrown at me. I am being tested um, um, because I've had to heal where I thought I was, um, you know, the children are older. Jonathan is now 25. He'll be 25 in June. Um, just to backtrack, his, his experience here with Calvary, you know, um, helped him bring the confidence as, as, as a young man, you know, the journey of a single parent, I would want that. I, I don't want that on any woman. It is, it is challenging to be a single parent, woman or male. It's challenging to be a single parent. I know some are by choice, some are widows, widowers, but, um, you, you know, when you, you intended to be married and it doesn't work out and you, you have to pull in all the resources to do it. You want well, we pull all the resources um, to to do what you think you're supposed to do. That's where that's when I I knew all I had was God. Um, people talk about certain miracles. Just to be able to sit here today is 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 a miracle. Just for my children to be okay is is an is an absolute miracle. Nine three one was the love of Christ. And that was lifted up, and all the kids were coming in, and we were traveling, and it was love, and it was, it was just a way to bring in um, a, just another avenue of ministry. But that sealed it for Jonathan. You know, that sealed it for me. That sealed it for Damaris, even though she didn't know. So we've been here for a while. Just, um, and, and now um, being more active, I tell you, uh, being on the maintenance staff, my mom going to her has dementia. I'm an only child, and it has been a struggle. 
I have felt thoughts that I have, I, I thought I was past. I thought mm -hmm. I was, you know, I'm healed from that. I'm a better person. I don't have bad thoughts. Um, no, it, 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 it is, it is everything human. It is everything flesh and, 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 and God then let me know is that's where he meets you. So my mom is, is now, and in every, I, I'm going to say the enemy because, again, I, you know, I have to hold on to Revelation 6 and 12. I don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So I go, that's not my mom saying those awful things. That's not my mom when I say, Mom, do you remember that this occurred? And I know that this is why I was in bad relationships and why I took the toll that I did. The, you know, the route, I, I know that. Even though I was in some of the best schools, um, I still had some things that just weren't right. Mom, did you, do you realize that? Well, well, were you, you, you were weak. Why would you, you know, and then I'm hurt. And then, and God says, well, why are you trying to deal with that in your flesh? Why are you trying to come down after all you've gone through, you know? And then he, then, then I'm reminded to be double-minded and then every, and everything. And, and I use the scripture because that's all I have. The Bible is like my guide, because if I go and listen to my mom say, well, are you weak? Then I'm being double-minded. And I say double-minded because I know God told me I'm strong. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. And then anything is for my bad will be for my good. So when, when that comes at me, I said, no, I'm not weak, Mom. And I can say to her, you need help, and I'm here to help you. Now, it might take a few times. I have to walk off, you know. Um, but that's my big test right now is dealing with that. My daughter got a scholarship in Arkansas. Our relationship was um, was pretty much at its end. I, again, in my, I'm going to say religious knowledge, because I'm giving her scripture, and I'm, you know, you want to be the Proverbs 30, you know, 31 woman, and you want to be this, and 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 I, I realized that she was battling some things, and when I said, God, help me, she had a scholarship at Williams Baptist University. And I don't say that as a, wow, you got a check in the mail. I say that as, I believe God knows such the desire of your heart. I believe he is down to the very detail of what, if you really say, I, my life is not my own. I have been bought with a price. I am here to serve you. I want to know your good and perfect will. What, I, this world is not my home. What, what do you want me to do, Lord? And, and I believe, I, I believe once he says that, then he ships out those angels. I believe they come to help you, um, and, and he guides you. So my daughter's at a, a university right now. She had a scholarship doing COVID. I don't know who's doing that, um, but she got one. I said, Lord, thank you for that, for that blessing to get her away where you can deal with her at the university, where you can give her things that she needs for her, for you know, she has a relationship with you. Jonathan, um, after serving here, he went on and, and, and was a sacrament. He's at Sacramento University and was picked up as, you know, yes, we're African-American, but it, it meant a lot. I was very pleased to know that he was the only African-American male from out of state. So I, I think that's a lot. I mean, especially, you know, sidebar growing up. As a black person, there's a lot of things that you hear, a lot of stigma, a lot of things that, you know, um, influence fear and negativity and separation and and division and all sorts of things. And I think every race has those things, um, you know. So it, it meant a lot to me that he could go away and someone could see internally who he was. 
because, you know, you, you can see a person externally and make all kinds of judgments, but you really have to know an, an internal side and their makeup and, and, their, and who they are. If you want to really say you want to bring them in. So he's out there. He's he got a skeptic school. Um, he, he's working with Apple. He's doing well. He had to come back home. So I ask him, you know, sometimes when I see him and he looks a little sad mm-hmm. and I have to ask him, you know, what is God telling you? You know, son, nothing happens just to happen. You know, COVID had a purpose. You coming back home had a purpose. What is God telling you? And I, I don't look at it now as I'm taking my hands off my children. I just know that when I ask him to heal me and make me whole, he did. When I ask him to get me out of the situations that I got myself into, he did. When I ask him to reveal himself to me and make himself that I had no you know, no, no doubt in my mind. I wasn't thinking maybe it was Buddha or maybe over here I would be a Jehovah. You know, make it clear to me who you are. He did. When I asked him to save my children's life, he did. When I asked him to heal my children, he did. He is. Um, and now I ask him to help me with my mom. So that's the journey that I'm on. And I say to my children, um, God is with you. What is he, you know, what is he asking you to do in life? Because this is about purpose. You know, right. truly a footsteps of a righteous man are ordered. What are your footsteps? Where does God want you to go? What does he want you to say? Um, Darius wants to be a physical therapist. I'm like, oh, what an awesome way to minister to people. Um, I can see her doing that. I can see her She'd doing that. She'd be so that. good at that. Oh, my gosh. And, and, and Jonathan is, is electrical engineering, but he loves music. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, Jonathan, maybe there, you know, maybe your sound isn't, because I tell you, I, I hear some of the stuff, but Jonathan, <laughs> you know, you know, ri- sound originated from heaven. You know, Lucifer had harps and his, you know, he was beautiful. He, he, you know, maybe your, your sound is, is to tell, you, you know, the, the struggle, maybe, you know, you know, maybe it's not just the beats in the secular world. Because I know he likes the beats and the kids do. And I, and I try to understand that. But even <laughs> in that, I'm like, God, um, you're going to deal with that. Because if you put music in him, then your music is for you. And, and, and it is for, you know, people, souls to be saved, for, for the gospel to, to, be, to be, you know, out into the world. So um, that's my prayer for them. Yeah. That God makes himself known as he did with me. And I know they're going to have their test. Um, he is still working with me with my mom. I know that this is a huge chapter of healing. I, I know getting through this part here, I won't say that I've arrived, right. but I know that um, if, you're, if you're a figure against the background, if you're, um, I, can, I have the framework and the pieces are I was shuffling around for a while. I look in the mirror now and I can see, I can see that person. I believe that, you know, I know more of the the usage of me, God, will reveal. But I know he's done a tremendous work. He has done everything I've asked him to do. Um, and I remember saying something about being double-minded. Um, when I got cancer at 50, I think that was another thing. That's probably the a huge thing because I, I again, I, 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 I didn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't mad at God, but I really was the, Drop to the knees like, why? You know, right. I'm the eyes dotted, T's crossed. Why, God? I'm, I'm trying. I did what you said. Why, why, why would you allow cancer? Why, why, 
you know, why that? And in, in the first moment when you get the call, you don't know which stage of cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, cancer is the... It's you know, just you, the C, like cancer. cancer. You get cancer. Capital C and you don't know where... Cancer, what you know, is. and there, this could be aggressive. And um, Damaris didn't really get it. And I, I, I was nervous to tell her. Jonathan understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of his friends, unfortunately, moms have passed. So he was a little more empathetic. But Jonathan, um, by this time, everybody's cleared out. And our relationship shifted through the cancer. But I bring up that to say that God really dealt with me. I, I went into the abyss. I, be, I, I know that from you know getting out of the relationship and getting out of domestic violence and going through all of that, I, was, I felt I was in a safe zone. And then cancer pushed me into this hole of, okay, God, if, 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 it's, if, if I'm going to, you know, then I, I'll die with you. I'm a believer. I don't, I don't have to be in the ministry. I don't have to do anything. I can just lay here and deal with this cancer. Um, but I ask him, why? Why would you allow such a thing? Yeah. And his answer was basically because I love you. I want to show you, you know, you, have, you want to talk about healing. How can you say that if you haven't been healed? Do you know me as the healer? And I, I, I guess, but I had to know him as the healer. Yeah. Um, this part of your story kind of echoes the rest of it, too, as I'm listening to all of it. I, I recently read, it was like a narrative version of John the Baptist as if John's, like, reflecting in his jail cell, honestly, like, waiting to die before he's executed. And it's, like, obviously, um, like, more imaginative, filling in in between the information that Scripture gives us. But it was super interesting because it outlines... um, a, a faithful man who's grappling with a God who works in ways he doesn't understand. Amen. You know, and as I'm listening to you, I'm realizing like, and I'm, I'm sympathizing with this like confusion and that why question really, it sounds like questions you've asked all your life for different reasons and different like scenes and different seasons and all of that. You're asking that why question and you're doing such a good job, like pointing out ways that God is faithful to you and holding both like the the pain and the beauty that God brought from that pain, but we still have the pain and the question marks around that. And like, I think your story holds both together in a really beautiful way that like fits into all of these biblical characters who had to do the same thing, right? They like reaped both beautiful things and really painful things and didn't always get answers for their painful things too. Um, So I'm just... Appreciative no, I, of appreci- you I appreciate that, and that, that took that took a, a, a hard that took hard hits. I, I think people, you, you know, we hear that God does whatever He wants to do. You don't question God. You don't ask Him why, and you never get angry. And so I lived in this. Okay, well, God can do whatever He don't, wants to do, and He and and He can. You know, He's sovereign. He's you know he, He's everywhere. He can do whatever He wants to do. But I, I don't believe. He allows things. I know he doesn't allow things for our for our bad. He allows things because if you don't identify with them, I don't believe you can really walk the journey in, in, in truth. I say that to say, and this is this is really I'm not just gonna be, be candid. Um, I tell my kids, I don't believe, and I, I'd say something about Jeffrey Dahmer, that he wanted to be a serial killer. And it's the worst of the worst, worst of the worst scenario 
that whatever that was in that guy, that he was struggling, he didn't get help. He didn't go to the ro local church. He didn't run and say, I am struggling in my soul with some deep, dark stuff that I can't explain. Where do I go? How? He embraced it. Now, that's the worst part of it, embracing something so evil and so bad. But we embrace stuff all the time. And I, tell my, I, I would say to myself, I'm not going to embrace this death. I'm not good. I don't want to embrace that these thoughts that I have. I was afraid to be a mother because I had been through such horrific stuff as a child. I just knew I was going to do something awful to my kids because I thought it was in me. It was in me based on exposure. It was in me because of some, you know, chromosome or whatever. But again, it goes back to God telling me, how can you have a testimony of healing? How can you have a testimony of being an ex-drug addict? How can you have a testimony of being a whoremonger or whatever it is if you haven't really gone through anything? I sit here and I say, I know some, I haven't been through everything and I don't want to go through everything. But what I've gone through, I've gone through. And God has been there all the time. And he has said, yes, it, it was allowed. Um, I would say to people, I don't want to be Job. I told God many times, I don't want to. Job testimony. I don't, I don't want to be thrown in. I don't want to go here. Was I supposed to go there? I don't want to be thrown over. I don't want any more hardship. I don't want death. But that's not, but that's not life. It's a point of the death to everyone. Um, if he says, pray for your, you know, love your enemies, that means enemies are going to come. You know, if he says, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're above and not beneath, that means there are going to be times you're going to feel way down. So I, I, I started, I believe when the, when the Bible, and I say it's my guidebook, everything, you know, when I needed to, I hear people sometimes say, you know, we have this God and I have this thing. I'll flip the pages and there it is. Well, you can flip any page and God will, you know, his word will just resonate. It'll, it'll speak to you. Um, but there were scriptures that saved my life. And I was talking about being double-minded. That was the big one, I think. I think where I am now, I know. It's not I think. I know where I am now is, is staying faithful on what God has delivered me from. And I know he's doing a great work. I know he's not done with me, and I don't want to waver. And I say that about the cancer because God healed me. I'm cancer-free, but there are some times when I hear the word, and I, and, I, and I could feel like like it could happen. And then I have to stand firm on God healed me. Stand firm on that. Don't be double-minded. You can be unstable. You'll, you know, you'll allow this to come in. But the, also the huge, awesome part of that is that if he allows it, he will be, bring me through. He will get me through. He, will, he won't leave me no matter if I have cancer again and, and I can overcome that. And so I know where I am now is to get rid of the fear because it was a long journey to not be afraid. It was a long journey to look in the mirror mm -hmm. and say, I really like Cheryl Green. <laughs> Cheryl Unay Carter Green, mm -hmm. actually. Um, and I don't say Carter Green because if you say it fast, real fast, it'll sound like collard greens, Carter Green, <laughs> Carter Green, Carter Green, Carter Green, so I don't say Carter Green, it's just green. I didn't want, I wanted to keep my last name with the kids, but um, he's done such a, a tremendous work. If I, if I give a testimony to, um, and I have a heart, I have a, such a heart for women um, because I, I, I don't believe and I, I jokingly once said to 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 Minister Caroline here, I said, you know, I'm gonna ask Eve. I'm gonna I'm gonna eye her up. I'm gonna say, do you know what you were thinking about? <laughs> do you really know? Um, but I, I believe some of the attacks that come 
against women emotionally and mentally. Um, I just I, I just know that the enemy really wants to take those off sometime. And my emotions with kids and being divorced, being a statistic, being abused were so damaged, were so bad. It was it was they were compromised on so many levels. And and I just know that that journey and continue because again, being healed now with my mom is another piece to the puzzle when I shuffled it around to put that on the in that in that in that in that puzzle that um my healing is coming some healing of how I'm relating to her to help her with her bill so to 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 deal with that but it, you know god just never he just never let me down he just he just you know when i would curl up in the ball and 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 being an only child i think if i can speak on that i, I think that was a, a challenge too because i i didn't want to be alone and and I know the enemy came through that way of always letting me know how alone I was because my mom and dad my dad was you know in the streets doing whatever and my mom had to work so I had a key on my neck at five I was staying at home by myself so my mind you know by the time I got to high school I was just angry but it was and, and then living in adulthood it was always I'm alone I'm by myself. And God had to really let me know, you're not by yourself. Um, he let my children know when, when they came here, you're not by yourself. Who would know that my children, you know, my son was struggling so bad that he couldn't smile, um, just wanted to play basketball. And it, it wasn't just a happenstance. He was, you know, at least he was led here. He had to be here. God had that for him. Had I not got up in the morning or didn't bring him to church, or said my problems are bigger than yours, that wouldn't have happened. If I um, didn't stay faithful and push through, I, I believe the blessings from my for daughter, my daughter wouldn't have come. Now, Pastor Johnny, when you when you say that you was out there hard, I, I, when you say that, you know what that means. Mm. I say that I know I know I know you know what that means, and I know what that takes, what that, the toll that takes in, in your mind. And it was only God, only God that, that allowed me to, to, to be here, to, to, you know, just to be here. Um, I wouldn't have been able to have this conversation with you all to share this. Yeah. And I think this. part of it is just like, I think there's, you know, you just, you do like, there is a, a meaningful and important sense of just like unworthiness that needs to be reformed. Yes. I think that to just feel unworthy can be damaging, right? Yes. Like if we only think of God in terms and our, our relationship with God is like we are unworthy, like that there's a part of that that is absolutely necessary in the entrance, right? In some ways. But then he he's eager to rebuild and reform and. But that's his um, humility, remake. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I was even thinking, like, as you're talking, like, what, like, what words, like, single words, would you use, or come to mind, like, when you? So not like mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. sentences, not, but like words that like are attached to maybe specific stories, but like what words come to your mind when you think of the 
scope of your life at this point? Believer, <laughs> endure, <laughs> fighter. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Listener, worthy, <laughs> and peace. That's powerful. It took a long time to say that, though. <laughs> Lift up your shoulders, child, breathe in. Carry the weight of love you've been given. Storm is passing by, light breaks in. As you learn to sing Every color came I know now, especially after COVID and just, you know, to finish up where I'm thinking is, is part of my piece is I know there's no reason for me to play any games. I know God. I, I don't, and I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean that I don't make a mistake or I don't have a bad thought or I, Lord, forgive me for my road rage sometimes, you know, I'm just <laughs> saying that, I mean, because I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm here and, um, but I know that I'm just, I'm just about purpose now. I'm just like, God, use me and I just want to do your will. I really want to do, I really want to do your will. I, I. I've gotten a lot of healing in my emotions. And I, I didn't, you know, I make a joke about going to therapy because culturally speaking, we don't encourage. I'm not, not, not going to say all black people. Let me say that. But in my culture, in my environment, you said that you wanted to go speak to somebody. You were almost looked down upon. Mm. Um, it was always Jesus can heal. You know, God will do it. Um, but if you really let him do it. And, and he has great resources through people, yeah, God's people, that's right. you can get it done. Whether it's, you know, he has great resources for you to talk to and and to go through. You know, 931 was therapy. Mm. It wasn't just basketball. <laughs> it was healing. It was mm. it was therapy. Well, you know, me doing custodial work here, I was making a joke about it, but there are days when I, you know, my thoughts with my mom and dealing with, and I'm, I'm mopping and it's, it's therapy. It's, it's soothing. It's, it's, believe it or not, you know, my son, my daughter who was, was served here at a moment for Mr. Rogers to even say, I know our environment is getting through. She's smiling. Um, I'm at peace. I'm at peace of where I am. I'm at peace of what God has done. And I know he's going to continue to do great work. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the texts that, I mean, there's two texts that in scripture I've been thinking about as you've been sharing, but um, one that always confuses me as it relates to like a depth, having a depth of love for God. Um, you know, the one who has forgiven little loves little. <laughs> the one who's forgiven much loves much. And it's like, I don't know how to like counsel that to my children. Because <laughs> you're like, 
um, how, yeah, I, I think I want the end goal of my children loving Mm -hmm. Jesus much. Um, but I don't want to have them to go through the hardships of life. I think it takes, and I think what I just kind of conclude from that, um, is that there's plenty of people in the world that don't have to go through very many hardships, um, and like genuinely love God. Um, and that's cool. (laughs) You know, that's fine. Um, but maybe what I would say is they just need to know their kind of role in the pecking order, you know? And, and like sometimes the people with the least hardships oftentimes can be put in leadership because they look like they're all put together. Um, and so they think they're the closest to God, so to speak. But in reality, it's like God will reveal one day that it's the reverse. Absolutely. That who we kind of look to as examples may not have been a bad example, um, but may not have also been the people we found out that loved Jesus the most um, because they just didn't have the experiences of life to be able to do it. Um, and it may not be even their fault. It's just his life, you know? But I think, like, um, there is going to be a beauty revealed one day for those who have had to struggle the most. And God is going to reveal how much love they actually had. And not, most of the world probably hadn't seen it. Um, but God sees it. And I think the other thing that I was reflecting on um, was, I was trying to look it up as we were talking, but it's a simple concept of like knowing and knowing Right, like you know about God, like the demons know about God, but like knowing God in that he's beautiful to you, not just historical knowledge or, or philosophical knowledge that there is a God. Um, but I think of the um, Second Corinthians and uh, 4, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And I think that's the like where God, like the, the reality of creation and salvation where like you were blind and didn't see something and now he has like, recreated into your life and put a spirit into you so that you now see the face of Jesus in the glory of God. And it's beautiful to you. And I think that there goes a different kind of knowing, right? It is. And I, I like, I think about that when you were talking about your transition at what, 21, 22 years old, that all of a sudden doesn't mean your life got easier per se, but like there was this clear shift in your mind that, you you knew God at that point, and that changed the trajectory of your life or the the possibilities of where God was going to lead you. And, and I think that's beautiful. It's awesome. I I just to piggyback really quick. I um, you know, I said I, it's like the you know I use the word the, the movie Matrix, and I don't want to go and compare life to that, but <laughs> but but I do believe that there's a part like you're saying, knowing and then knowing because. I think 
I believe a lot of times we're very shallow. I believe that we we talk about God and say, you know, I know him and yes, he's the man upstairs and all this other stuff, but I really believe if you get that revelation of him dying for you, mm. um mm. if you really get the understanding of these works that I'll do and you'll do greater works and um you get that understanding that um, your life is not your own, then it comes down to yeah. you're a servant of him. And then everything else is to really kind of clear out the stuff so that you can be um, a genuine, authentic servant of him. Because I, I couldn't stand before him. Um, I, don't, I didn't share this, but I don't, you know, I started the fitness ministry at Bill Winston's uh, church and the pools were coming. I mean, the women were, would you help me? Would you pray with me? And, and I said, no, I, I, I didn't want to um, because I felt too unclean and undone, like you said, unworthy, mm -hmm. because I knew that the things of God were nothing to, be, to, to play with. I didn't want to be a hypocrite. And, 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 and I say that word, like I said, I, you know, Lord, forgive me for my roll rage, but I was just taking communion two days ago. <laughs> I, I mean, is hypocrisy or is that working on my whatever? But I believe when you have a clear knowledge that you know your life has been, like you said, protected. Like I should have been gone. I should have been, I wasn't, you know, God allowed me to stay here. If he allowed me to stay here, he allowed me to keep my kids. He allowed me to get through cancer. I didn't go out. Um, I can. So I know him. I know him, Pastor Johnny. Yeah. And I, I, I know yeah. him. And I'm, I'm thankful for all that he's done for me. Yeah. And I want to continue, continue to do more. I, I want to hear him say, good and faithful servant. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. We high five and elbow <laughs> and everything. Knuckles. <laughs> Yeah. Me and God. Yeah, hopefully COVID will be over in the <laughs> yeah, new creation so we can actually hug and just hug. Do yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, Cheryl, um, thank you so much for giving us your time and really giving the whole Calvary family as they're listening to this your time. Thank you and for the And as we said at the beginning, um, stories are, I think, one of the greatest gifts we can give to each other, uh, our stories. And um, so just really, really appreciate you taking the time to share a little bit about it and uh caroline thank you for setting this up uh and reaching out to cheryl to to do this and so i think this brings us to the end of our uh, stories of calvary for this episode and so calvary family uh, i'm sure you have enjoyed listening to this and excited we got so many more stories coming and i really do hope that god is going to use these stories in all of our lives to encourage us in our faith to, I really am thinking in the last two stories we've had of just the, the role of perseverance that has been exemplified in, in Cheryl and Reggie's lives and, and what an example they are for us as we are continuing to persevere through a pandemic. Uh, but their examples to us to continue to persevere as a church family is, is, is amazing. And so um, I'm sure you've enjoyed it. Thank you for listening in. And until next time, goodbye.
story This is our song 